0: Are entering the Freedom Hut. This, this is, is the Buck, Buck Sexton, Sexton Show, where the mission mission—is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence.
1: Russia. One small thing. Make no mistake. America, ready. ready. Break your You're a great American. Again,
0: the Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst, former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton.
1: It is Buck Sexton. Now.
2: Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. This is Harlan Hill filling in for Buck, one of the nicest people I know, by the way. And I want to thank him for trusting me with his microphone tonight. He's a great guy. Got to know him over the last few months because we moved to D.C. around the same time from New York. And on this Friday, the 28th of December, 2018, we have a lot of ground to cover. Lots of news is coming in at the end of the year, and we have a lot of forecasting to do as we go into 2019. I have a great show planned over the next three hours It includes some just phenomenal guests. You're going to hear from The Daily Caller, Stephanie Hamill, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Diamond and Silk, Judicial Watches, Tom Fenton, and more. But I want to start with illegal immigration. I'm sick of hearing about this issue. I'm sick of hearing the excuses. I'm sick of kicking the can down the road. I'm sick of the inaction. Men and women, Americans, are literally dying on the streets at the hands of illegal immigrants. Drugs and unspeakable crimes are committed with regularity. We're almost desensitized to it at this point in our country. And these crimes should never happen because these people shouldn't be here in the first place. We have police officers. And in this case that we're going to discuss today, this police officer was a legal immigrant to the United States, murdered at the hands of a monster. And where are the Democrats? Where are the Republicans? Where have they been over the last two years? Every Republican in Congress was sent to Washington with an electoral mandate to stop this problem. Arguably, this is the most significant tenet of the 2016 Trump revolution, stopping illegal immigration. And despite the president's best efforts, we're not making any progress on this because of Congress. They had two years to do anything To do anything. But we have obstructionists in the establishments of both parties, Democrat and Republican, who have blood on their hands. They could stop this. We could stop this today. Between border security, building the wall, mandatory verify, and deporting people that commit crimes. We have people that habitually commit crimes and break the laws in this country and are here illegally, and we know about them, and they're released into the general population. And it breaks my heart. I mean, a wife and this hero's child, he won't ever see his dad again because of bad public policy. It's plain and simple. Washington could stop this. We could stop this. Well, you know, last night I was watching Fox News and I heard a clip of the police chief who hired Ron Singh, the police officer that was murdered. And the chief was inconsolable. He just broke down. Let's play that clip.
3: You have to. To understand this was not supposed to happen here. I've been, I've been to too many of these funerals. And I never thought ever that I would have to be doing this. I do not want to be here today. I, I would give anything not to. I did not know Christmas morning at 4 o'clock in the morning when I said goodbye to him and sent him off to his family that it would be the last time that I saw him. Yes, he was a police officer, but more importantly, he was a human being. And that's how he would want to be remembered. He was proud to wear the uniform, and he does want to be remembered as a police officer. But don't forget the other things, the little things that are oftentimes forgotten in these stories. That his five-month-old, he will never hear talk. He will never see his son walk. He doesn't get to hold that little boy, hug his wife, say goodnight anymore because a coward took his life. Please help us find this man and bring him to justice. I hope he's watching today. And he does the right thing and turns himself in. We need closure. His family needs closure.
2: Joining me now to discuss is Fox News star, Daily Caller, video columnist, and honestly one of my best friends in the world, Stephanie Hamill. Uh, Stephanie, first... Oh, thank you,
4: Harlan. (laughs) Very nice introduction.
2: (laughs) Uh, Stephanie, um, first let me ask you to react to that clip. I mean, it's just... Heartbreaking. I mean, it's
4: heartbreaking. I don't even have words to describe uh, what I saw and we all feel for him. We all have families and the idea that he's a father of a 5-month-old son, he's leaving behind a wife who loved him. This happened on Christmas night. He was working overtime because he wants to provide for his family and do the best. And the way that his colleagues described him, I mean, he was a, an exceptional person. He was a hard worker, and what they touched on was the fact that he was a legal immigrant from Fiji. He did everything the right way. He came to this country to seek the American dream. He had it, and it was all taken away in just one night by an illegal immigrant. That's the suspect, and they did catch him. There was a manhunt. They found him today. Gustavo Perez Ariaga. Uh, he's the man who's accused of, of shooting. Uh, Ranil Singh, and they found him at his brother's house, allegedly, and his brother's an illegal immigrant and also one of his co-workers, another illegal immigrant. And you'd have to wonder today, I mean, you touched on this, the Democrats have blood on their hands. There are laws that are making it easy for criminals to live freely, to walk the streets of some of the states in our country. California is a sanctuary city. And this is what some of Singh's colleagues were talking about. The sheriff of that county was discussing this, and he wasn't holding back. And a lot of these police officers and sheriffs are afraid to speak their minds. They're afraid of retaliation. But he didn't hold back. This was this crossed the line. This is not something that they were used to seeing in their county or in Newman, California. But it happened. And so they have to address the issue. Um, And there's so many things. You know, people are saying, build the wall today. Build the wall you know, building the wall is one step, but there are so many other things that we need to fix. It's not just a wall. its I mean, that's part of it. We need to do everything that we can to uh, enforce our nation's laws, and we are throwing out the red carpet, inviting people to this country, uh, it, and, you know, whether it's through a visa that they overstay or the fact that we have employers that are employing illegal immigrants. So what about e all of these other things? We don't know how Gustavo Perez-Ariaga, the suspect made it into this country. It could have been any of the above. Uh, We're not sure a wall would have prevented him from coming into this country. But these are all issues and and things that need to be discussed.
2: Absolutely. And one of the most troubling takeaways I had from this is that as soon as this story broke, uh, actor Chris Pratt took to Twitter and he was asking for people to be on the lookout for this suspect. And he got just lambasted by liberals. And... You know, calling him out, saying, "Well, why don't you call out, you know, victims of, uh, uh, you know, police brutality? Why are you focusing on just this?" What does it say about this country that we have this knee-jerk reaction from a sizable portion of the, the country that just asking for help to identify someone that was innocently murdered, the 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 suspect of someone that that murdered an innocent person, is controversial? What does that say about the country?
4: Yeah, it isn't controversial, and. Notice the silence from the liberal media on this issue. Normally, you know, they have kind of like a protocol, especially if there's a gun involved. They would be calling for gun control today, but instead they're actually not even really wanting to talk about this story. And then when they do talk about it, they say that Republicans or people that are for border security and for enforcing our immigration laws, that they're demonizing all immigrants, not just illegal immigrants, immigrants in general, because they like to put everyone in the same category. And that's not fair. And yes, we don't want to demonize all immigrants or even illegal immigrants for that matter. But the, the fact is that we already have enough problems in our country. We don't need to be inviting criminals and making it easier for them in this country. Yeah. And sanctuary city laws really don't protect. Illegal legal immigrant, they protect criminals and makes it difficult for police officers to do their job to share information with ICE when it comes to the detainers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really astounding that lawmakers would continue to push to make things easier for criminals to operate in this country.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and so let me ask you, I mean, you used to live in California. Um, California, you know, has quickly become a sanctuary state. I mean, they're just totally flouting federal law on illegal immigration. Is this going to become more common?
4: Um I hope not. I mean, I hope people learn about it when But are are, are, are people
2: in, are people in california or i mean is is public opinion with the idea of sanctuary cities and sanctuary states?
4: Well, the public opinion on it is i think it's confusing on what it really what the law really states so people when they think of sanctuary they're they're you know hoping that law enforcement is investing into church and school and you know tearing families apart and then doing like mass deportation. Yeah, But like that's their idea of a sanctuary. They don't realize that it's actually just um, paperwork and it really affects police officers communicating with ICE. Right, And if they knew that, which they don't because the liberal media won't talk about it and people don't have time to look up laws and look through all the text and everything and people just have busy lives. So yeah. they want to go with what feels good. So they just don't really know a lot about it. And I think public opinion on it wasn't strong. Like I don't think a lot of people work for Sanctuary City. If you ask any legal immigrant
2: who went the process, they don't like it. Well, and so let's, let's shift gears here and let's move to Washington. Are we going to get anything done on this? I mean, we have this shutdown right now. Um, if you had to get a crystal ball out, do you think that the Democrats are going to come to the table with the president and provide some material funding to secure the border?
5: I
4: hope so. Um, I mean, Democrats aren't willing to negotiate. They never do. It seems like Republicans always cave and we always, you know, no matter who has the majority, it seems like we're always doing what the Democrats want. I I mean, they're asking for a very simple request, what $5 billion for the wall. It's not very much. (laughs) And that's not even what we need. I mean, we need a lot more money to build a full wall. Um, so I think that the Democrats—they're just not serious when it comes to uh, fixing our immigration problems. They talk about comprehensive immigration reform, comprehensive—like, what does that even mean? And yeah. even the Republicans are guilty of this as well. I mean, no one is giving answers. Uh, no one really has solutions. And you know, my theory is a lot of people just don't really want to tackle the issue. A lot of their donors on both sides have businesses and they want to employ legal immigrants, and so they don't. Uh, You know, they don't want these people, quote, out of the shadows. Like, they benefit from that. So until we actually have E-Verify and and a real system, like, I mean, comprehensive immigration reform really isn't that complicated. Uh, And I'm not saying I'm calling for a mass deportation. I'm not even against the amnesty. I'm just against this. what we're having right now is these caravans, thousands of people storming the border. We have some anywhere between 11 million and 30 million people, quote, living in the shadows. Why don't we deal with that first? Why don't we tackle that first? And then, you know, then we can go through the process. But the United States is the most generous when it comes to uh, green cards in the world. And yeah. so I don't, at some point, we have to stop just letting whoever in whenever they want to come here. And, and also, we need to know who's coming here. This, this man who shot the police officer, Officer Singh, he had a criminal record. He had two DUIs. Yep. And so, you know, Democrats care about DUIs, unless, of course, it's illegal immigrants (laughs) who are the ones that are putting the DUIs. Isn't that ironic?
2: Yeah, of course. Well, my last question here is, do you think the president made the right call to shut down the government and uh, to choose this moment in time to fight the Democrats?
4: Oh, absolutely. I I was surprised that he had changed his mind at the last minute to begin with, because he said he was for the shutdown, and then he wasn't. So, I mean, he needs to be forceful, he needs to be strong, and whatever he promises, he needs to stick to that. And he's promised the American people a border wall. We want it, not just the wall, but we also want, you know, other measures to enforce our, our, our nation's laws And when it comes to immigration. So, um, you know, I, I think he will deliver. President Trump has so far has delivered on much more than anyone expected. And, you know, promises made, promises kept.
2: Absolutely. All right, Stephanie, thanks again uh, for joining me. I'm sure you know, we'll, we'll catch up soon. If you guys want to keep up with Stephanie, just go follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at Steph M. Hamill. You can also find her videos on TheDailyCaller.com. We'll be back after this quick break with more. Stay tuned to The Buck Saxton Show.
1: In the midst of all the whining coming from the left, I mean, it's just crazy these days, right? They're chasing people out of restaurants, yelling at you in the coffee shop, acting like a bunch of maniacs. You have to wonder, why in the world would anyone act this way? My guess is they're just not getting their daily dose of Black Rifle coffee. I drink Black Rifle every morning. In fact, it's such delicious coffee that I'm usually a guy that likes a little con leche in my coffee. But guess what? I drink it black because it's Black Rifle for one. And also, this is delicious small batch roast to order coffee. All right. I am a silence for smooth blend guy, but their entire catalog of different beans and blends is amazing. Black Rifle is roast to order and is guaranteed fresh right to your door. Nothing cures a bad attitude like starting your day with the most American coffee ever. Black Rifle coffee. Visit blackriflecoffee.com slash buck. Receive 15% off your order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash buck for 15% off blackriflecoffee.com slash buck.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. You can follow me on Twitter at Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N. The phone lines are open, so give us a call at 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. For those of you that are meeting me for the first time, I'm a frequent uh, guest over at Fox News, and I'm a Republican political consultant that only takes Trump-aligned candidates, and I'm a board member of President Donald J. Trump's 2020 re-election campaign. So you will be hard-pressed to find somebody more loyal to the president than me. We have a caller here. Uh, our first caller is Rita from Illinois. Rita, how are you doing? Are you there? I'm here. Go Hello. ahead.
6: All right. Yes, um, I think we need a new national party to get rid of these Democrats. You come to Illinois, they have held Illinois hostage for years, and the whole time they've been robbing us to death. These people in Illinois can't get out of this state fast enough. It's so bad here anymore. And I think we need to get rid of the whole national party and get a new one in.
2: Uh, You know, Rita, I agree. You know, uh, honestly, I think the establishment of both political parties are the problem with this country. It's not just unique to the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats, I mean, the whole party's rotting, and they're going to have a massive civil war in, uh, in 2020 as 30 or more candidates vie for the nomination. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be nasty. And that will just work to continue to divide the party in a way that I don't think they're going to be able to recover from. But to be fair, we have a civil war within the Republican Party that the president has basically won, but there are some dormant Republicans that are just sitting this out, they think that they can run the clock out on President Donald Trump. There's no question that's their strategy. They think that, you know, if the Democrats get lucky, they can, they can beat him in 2020, and the old guard of the Republican Party that sold out the American middle class, that yep. allowed endless illegal immigration, will continue, will make a comeback, and, and, and say, look, yup, we, we told you so. So it's not just the Democrats. It's the Republican Party. we got to have a fundamental change in this country that's focused on putting America first. Who cares what you know what, what you used to be, whether you were a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. I'm a former Democrat myself. I'm a I'm a Republican now, you know. But the 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 country's changed. The house was on fire. The only guy that that stood to put out the fire and turn this country around was President Trump, and he's working against obstructionists in both parties that will only be satisfied when he's not in the White House anymore.
6: Well, they've become anti-American. They've become anti-everything against America and their laws on top of all this. Plus, they're putting the blame on the young people of today. The young people of today were the ones who had books taken away, were institutionalized from crib to classroom all their lives, propagandized and lied to all three schools through school and they are so uneducated they can do nothing for themselves
2: god you're so right i mean th- this is the fundamental problem in this country you know the education system is just totally falling apart we got to wake up and and start focusing on this so that we stay competitive uh, on the global stage and this is the challenge that we face in the 21st century anyway we want to hear from the rest of you guys we have great great guests coming up so the phone lines are open call us at 844-900-2825 again this is the buck sexton show And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. The phone lines are open, so give us a call at 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. Trump derangement syndrome has just swept the Democratic Party. Perhaps the institutions most affected by this are the mainstream media. That really came into view this week as news outlets, you know, prematurely criticized the president for not visiting troops in Iraq only to have to immediately retract their stories when they found out that he was in fact already there. Before we get to our next guest, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, let's listen to some of President Trump's remarks to the troops. Because while they're talking about him just signing MAGA hats, I want you to listen to how this huge crowd of soldiers reacted to the president's speech. And here's a hint. They love him.
7: Well, first of all, at ease, at ease. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good time. The other reason I'm here today is to personally thank you and every service member throughout this region for the near elimination of the ISIS territorial caliphate in Iraq and in Syria. Two years ago, when I became president, they were a very dominant group. They were very dominant. Today, they're not so dominant anymore. shouldn't be doing the fighting for every nation on earth not being reimbursed in many cases at all if they want us to do the fighting they also have to pay a price and sometimes that's also a monetary price so we're not the suckers of the world we're no longer the suckers folks and people aren't looking at us as suckers And I love you, folks, because most of you are nodding your head this way. We're respected again as a nation. We're respected again. Some people say, well, maybe somebody comes from the area and they hit us on our homeland. If that happens, they will suffer consequences over here like nobody has ever suffered before. Let me just tell you. And I hope they hear that loud and clear. And that's not a threat. That's going to be a fact. If anything should happen at all, nobody will ever have suffered the consequences that they will suffer. Just remember I said it.
2: Joining me now is Dr. Sebastian Gorka, a former deputy assistant to President Donald J. Trump and current Fox News national security strategist. Dr. Gorka, thanks for joining me.
8: Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas and a happy new year.
2: Happy new year. Were you surprised by the media's latest fake news attack against President Trump on this Iraq visit? I mean, it was, they were hyperventilating, you know, first they were proven wrong that, you know, the president ended up going to Iraq when they were reporting that he wasn't going to go. And, and then as soon as that passed and they were proven wrong, they started focusing on this MAGA hat nonsense. Are you surprised with this or are you just like immune to it now?
8: You know, I I thought I I would be immune given my time in the white house and, what I've seen in the last two years, the media never, ever learning from their mistakes and doubling down on their fake news. But I, I was, I was horrified, Harlan. It was absolutely disgusting what they did. It was a disgrace. The idea. Look, look, look at the the videos. Look at the photographs that Sarah Huckabee Sanders posted. Look at the faces of our servicemen and women. Look at the joy that on Christmas Day their commander-in-chief with the first lady comes to a war zone to be with them. The smiles, the spontaneous chants of USA, USA. And how does CNN, how does MSNBC react? They want to get our war fighters into legal jeopardy. It's an absolute outrage. The men and women who wear the cloth of the republic, who go into harm's way for us, and they want to quote some bogus, legal jeopardy with regards to DOD regulations. I worked for the DOD for five years. I'm familiar with the hat track. I've read the regulations on what uniformed servicemen and women can or cannot do. The only thing that is prescribed is the active involvement in uniform during political campaigns. Not getting your, your hat signed by your commander-in-chief. Harlan, it was an utter disgrace
2: they're politicizing this in a real way. And the president went out of his way to make this about the soldiers. And the media were so transparent because they were willing to jump from one story to another. It's just clear that the president could not have done anything right, right? First, they were mad that he didn't go. And then they're mad that he showed the the, uh, soldiers too much respect. I mean, I'm flabbergasted. And I think that the American people have to start seeing through this. I mean, it's so transparent what they're doing. It's obvious.
8: It it really, um, it should make you realize just who these people are. They, um, if you love this country, they hate you. It's really, really that simple. Uh, if you look at that moment, that incredible moment, I think it was when an airman said to the president that he re-upped, he, he stayed in the military, he re-enlisted because of who the new commander-in-chief is. And how did he respond? He said, the Yemen the said I'm here I'm I'm here in uniform again because of you Mr President and the president responded I'm here in Iraq in this war zone because of you they they can't relate to that they Absolutely. can't relate the self-hatred the idea we had 8 years under Obama that's that's the reason my my new book has the uh, subtitle it does my new book is why we fight defeating America's enemies with no apologies. And I'm really grateful my publisher came up with that, that subheading. Why? Because we had eight years of apologizing for who we are, with a commander-in-chief who didn't back up our military, who said we were the problem. Now, and, and these people know it. These men and women know it. We have Absolutely. a commander-in-chief who has their back. Can you imagine the feeling, Hard. Can you imagine after eight years to finally have a commander-in-chief who trusts you and wants you to do your job?
2: Huh. I'm sure it's an enormous relief for them. You know, I mean, after eight years of a president that not only didn't respect the military, he actively worked to undermine our military, starving it of the resources that it needed to stay competitive in an increasingly dangerous world. Barack Obama undermined our national security and it took a president like President Donald J. Trump to finally reinvest in it, not just financially, but in terms of our confidence. To, to, to provide absolute confidence in our leaders to do what's necessary to win these conflicts. So, hats off.
8: Yeah, I, I, I tell a story that tells you everything you need to know and why we fight. By the second year of the administration, we had a group of about what was it, 18 future Green Berets visit the National Security Council. And I thought, hey, it'd be really cool, in addition to their briefings at the NSC, why, why don't we get them in front of their new commander-in-chief? How cool would that be? the the front office immediately signed off on the day they arrived after their briefings on the nsc i took them in to meet the president the president in addition to meeting with them taking the time to get to know them he took them into the oval office with no press there this is not a press moment he said i want you each of you to stand next to me one by one next to the resolute decks now we're going to take a photograph for you and your family We can't publish it because you're going to be special operators but you're going to have a photograph in the Oval Office with the Commander-in-Chief to, to share with your family, to share with your units. That's who this man is. He's proud of our Judeo-Christian heritage. He's proud of what America stands for. And as a certain former president from Illinois once said, elections have consequences. <laughs> do, they, do they ever?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the president in, in that speech um, in Iraq said, you know, we're no longer the suckers of the world. Yeah, and this coincides with his decision to withdraw, um, or troops from Syria and to, um, you know, pull back in Afghanistan. You know, you have enormous connections in the military, all the way to the top. You're the preeminent national security strategist in the country. Um, you know, what are you hearing from people in terms of morale at the Pentagon and within the the wider military?
8: Uh, I can tell you uh, just a, another story from the White House. Uh, the same day we took those uh, future Green Berets in to see the president, uh, I gave a brief on ISIS to, to, the, uh, to the soldiers. And afterwards, uh, there was somebody on secondment to the NSC who's from JSOC. So that's the tip of the, the, the best of the best. That's the special operations forces that go in um, covertly to do what needs to be done. And he was in civilian clothes. He was there to give a briefing himself. And he recognized me for the TV. I didn't know who he was. And he came up to me afterwards and he said privately, Dr. Gorka, I'm stuck here at the N.S.C. My buddies are in theater they They're killing bad guys in the Middle East. I just want you to know, so the president knows, that since he came on board, our morale has skyrocketed. And, you know, that's what you want to hear. After eight years of saying we are the problem that america is responsible for the ills of the world to have a man who not only trusts the military but unleashes them to do the job they were meant to do recall isis was described by obama as a generational threat we just have to live with that changed at 1201 on january the 20 january the 20th 2017 we unleashed our military and within five months the ISIS caliphate no longer existed. That's what leadership can get you.
2: What, Taking a, a shifting gears here a little bit and coming back to domestic politics, what do you think the outcome will be of this government shutdown? Is the president going to uh, get the wall?
8: Look, the president tr- just tweeted out uh, that he's, he's prepared to close down the border. If he doesn't get funding for a wall that, by the way, the Democrats say they would fund. I mean, in previous years, before Donald Trump became president, they actually said that we need a wall and they're going to fund it. Now, because he's the president, because he's serious and because they want to lock in their new plantation dwellers, they want to have illegal aliens right across the border become Democrat voters, they are going back on their promise. Uh, I, I want to make a, uh, I want to give a clear message to your listeners the president knows that he became president because his first substantive policy platform was immigration reform and building the wall he will never back down uh, for the next two years the Democrats have the house they have appropriations so they are gonna put a stranglehold on significant funding but the president's going to continue to do what he to do what he's done already which is to reprogram the fungible assets in the DoD budget to build the wall, because the wall is a national security imperative, and he has every right to do so.
2: Well, let's let's take. A, you brought up a great point there with Democrats. Back in 2013, all 54 Democrats in the Senate voted to pass the Border Security, Economic Opportunity, and Immigration Modernization Act, and in this was 46 billion dollars for border security improvements that added 700 miles of border fencing. Every single democrat in the Senate voted for it. Chuck Schumer, Diane Feinstein, Dick Durbin, uh Harry Reid. I mean, and so the notion that the Democratic Party has not materially changed on the issue of immigration in just the last few years is totally debunked by that fact. They used to be on our side here, and something has changed. And now you're racist for merely suggesting that we should secure our border and be a nation of laws, It's so dishonest to the American voter.
8: Well, not only is it dishonest, it's disrespectful to the memories and the sacrifices made by those that defend us. I mean, look at Corporal Singh. Corporal Singh, who goes to work Christmas, his five-month-old son and his beautiful wife at home, goes to work, stops an illegal alien who's already, already been charged multiple times with DUI, and he gets murdered, he gets killed. Corporal Singh, a legal immigrant to the United States who loved to be a peace officer in America, and he's gunned down by an illegal alien. What does Chuck Schumer, what does Nancy Pelosi, what does Mr. Catch and Release, the former president, Barack Obama, have to say to that man's widow, to his five-month-old son, to the family of Kate Steinle. You're right. They always do what for them is most politically expedient. It's the same with gay marriage. It doesn't matter what topic you pick. They will go with the flow as long as it means power for them. If it means a 180, if it means a retraction, if it means thinking that the rest of America is stupid and doesn't remember what the Democrats uh, promised to us, the sad fact today is that a Democrat who is strong on national security, like John F. Kennedy was, would not be allowed into the Democrat Party. That's how badly the radicals have taken over the DNC.
2: Well, Dr. Gorka, I just want to thank you so much for your time and your analysis. It's, it's truly unparalleled. Um, and I want to mention to our listeners that Dr. Gorka has a new book out, Why We Fight. Make sure to pick that up on Amazon or in your local bookstore. And, Dr. Gorka, I hear you have a brand new radio show called America First, and it premieres appropriately on January 1st. Is
8: that right? I'm very excited. I'm joining the uh, amazing people of the Salem Radio Network, Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Larry Elder, Lou Dobbs, I'm going to have my own, called America First, broadcasting live from the swamp every day, Monday to Friday, 3 to 6, East Coast, 12 to 3 on the West Coast. We will be fighting for you on the front lines of the culture war. So tune in America first. Check out our new website that goes live on the first. It's SebGorka.com. That's dot com. And in the meantime, have a blessed new year.
2: Thank you, Dr. Gorka. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. You can follow me on Twitter at Harlan. That's H-A-R-L-A-N. Pretty easy. So, the phone lines are open. We're going to be taking a bunch of your calls in just a little bit. Uh, the phone number is 844 900 2825. That's 844 900 Buck. Pretty easy to remember. For those of you that are just meeting me, like I said earlier, I'm a frequent guest over at Fox, and I work at the president's reelection campaign. We have got some great guests coming up. Uh, our next one in the next segment are going to be Diamond and Silk. I mean, they don't need any introduction. I mean, these two women are absolute firebrands. They took the internet by storm in 2016. They're doing amazing work. They produced a great documentary that I just saw recently. And you know what? They even have a brand new show that just launched on Fox Nation. um, And you should definitely check it out. They're hilarious. And they become, you know, really good friends of mine. So I think uh, we'll have a great conversation here in just a minute. And, uh, you know, the president absolutely adores them. He, uh, I know this firsthand, uh, You know, he every, at every opportunity when we're in the same space, um, he loves them. So they have a direct line to him. They've got some interesting things to share, I'm sure. And uh, so thank you guys for joining again. I want to hear from you guys. So the phone lines are open. We're gonna be taking all your calls, 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. So call in. We'll be right back after this break. Global Verification Network is the only dual-certified veteran-owned background investigations and vetting company. If you run a business and are looking to hire, you need to call Global Verification Network. They're the risk mitigation experts who will ensure that you're hiring the right people. And listen, Global Verification Network is an amazing company. They're federally certified as a veteran-owned small business and independently certified by the National Veteran Business Development Council. They're headquartered in Chicago with offices across the nation. And that means that no data or client information is ever offshored, period, And get this, all of their employees, all of their employees are based in the United States. To learn more, go to mygvn.com or call 877-695-1179. That's 877-695-1179. Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. The phone lines are open, so give us a call at 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. The women joining us now need basically no introduction. They're two internet sensations who became enormously popular in 2016 for their viral YouTube videos supporting President Trump. And I can tell you, I just saw them uh, last week at the White House, and they're as popular as ever. I mean, you know, and the president loves them. He even gave them a shout out there. So that, that, was, uh, that was really something. So uh, I want to welcome to the program the one and only Diamond and Silk, host of the new Fox Nation show, appropriately named Diamond and Silk. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. I hope you're doing well. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. Now, I got to ask. Okay, I got to ask. Okay. What do you all think of this government shutdown? Look, the Democrats caused it because the Democrats,
9: listen, the House. The Senate, they are the ones responsible for funding our government and funding government projects. And when it comes to our national security, the border wall has to be funded. They decided to go home, go to Hawaii, go to their destinations and have fun over the holiday mm-hmm. instead of staying there, hunkering it down, and, 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 and coming to the table with an agreement that we're going to fund the border wall. That's There's right. no ifs,
2: ands, or buts about it, and I don't think these people understand that. Oh yeah. I mean, so so who's to blame for this? I mean, as far as I can see it, it's the Democrats. Cuz the president's not asking for much. I mean, just a few years right. ago, they voted they voted Democrats voted for tens of billions of dollars in border security, you know, because they wanted to look like they were conservative. Now, the president's just asking for 5 billion, and they won't even give him that. So, who's really they won't to blame give here?
9: Him that. So it's their fault because they took an oath to uphold the Constitution mm-hmm. and to do certain duties. That duty is part of funding our government. That's right. And when you don't want to fund the government in this project but you're funding you're giving millions of dollars to daydreaming and wanting to know what happened with quails and this and that. That's crazy. You know, we're not going to be able to daydream if we if we keep our borders open. Look at how people are just walking up in our country. Look at the police officer that got gunned down. For what? Imagine if we would have had a wall up. Mm-hmm. Imagine if immigration the immigration problem was fixed. I think it's time to hump it down and fix the problem instead of dismissing it or putting a band-aid on it. That's it's right. time to
10: fix the problem so mm-hmm. that we can move forward. And I can't blame my president, John- Donald jay trump and the reason why is because he stayed at the white house that's right. to do mm-hmm. his job mm-hmm. and he don't even get paid for it. the money that he gets he gives that away let's say it like that right but you have these congress women and men that's in office that went home and they still got paid for not doing their job and i heard i don't know if
9: this is true so we'll say allegedly i heard it's been alleged they gave themselves a pay raise but i got to continue to do my research to find out if that's true because they should have gave themselves no raise. As a matter of fact, they should give the money back. Because they don't work for us. They have proven that they work for illegal aliens. That's right.
2: Well, and you know, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's cashing that check every month. Okay? Somebody like Nancy Pelosi, she's not working for free like the president. And she's right. worth she's worth tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions. Okay? She's right. a rich woman. And you I guarantee you she that. ain't working for free. Okay? There's no <laughs> chance. So <laughs> let me... No, let me there, go ahead.
10: There is no chance, Harlem. You're right.
2: Yeah. So let me let me ask y'all, I mean, what do y'all think about a Democratic Congress coming in? Because now the president, he, he had Republicans, you know, many of them that didn't like him over the last two years, and it was hard to get some things done. But now he's going to have a Democratic Congress. They're really not going to try to work with him. I mean, do y'all think they're going to try to impeach him?
9: Well, here's the deal. They should not
2: be taunted
9: talking about investigate they should be legislating is what they should be doing mm-hmm. and what we're going to have to do as the american people is call them out on their stuff they ran on okay we want health care for all you got the house so you need to be fixing the health care problem not trying to impeach a sitting president and what are you going to impeach him all for the economy booming for unemployment being at an all-time low for economic opportunities for people for for for, for putting it, um, signing the first step out into law for uh, for for uh, signing uh 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 opportunity, opportunity zones. What, what are you going to impeach him on? See. He is not like the traditional career politician. He's a businessman who's about the business. Mm-hmm. That's why he didn't go home for the holidays. He stayed at the White House because he's about the business. That's right. And you got Congress, they want to go back to business as normal. A lot of them got their hands in a cookie jar, and ain't no more cookies left, and they scrambling for crumbs.
10: That's right. And not to mention, if you look at it, there was a lot of deep state snakes Uh, elitist uh, Republicans right there along with the Mm -hmm. Democrats for the last two years, and that's why a lot of stuff did not get done. So it's not going to be no difference for the next two years with the Democrats having the House. But Donald J. Trump did it with them or without them these last two years. He will continue to do it with them or without them for the next two years.
2: Oh, absolutely. And Now, I mean, we have out this week, there are all these stories that uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who I know y'all did a whole documentary on, Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to be chairing the House Financial Services Committee, which is a big deal, okay? How is this happening? Mean, this woman's been discredited time and time again, and here she is. I mean, she's getting a, a dang promotion. I mean, I, it's oh, unbelievable. They don't care about that. They don't oh. care about her getting her kickback paddywhack, mm-hmm. about that situation with that
9: bank that her husband was tied to and how up under the Obama administration that bank was bailed out because of her influence. They don't care anything about that. They want to continue to do. Listen, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Be, let me. T- that's why you have a, about ninety to a hundred years old still up there. Mm-hmm. It's the money. It's the money. But, but the gravy trains are coming to an end. I don't know how she got that position, but it is what it is. Now it's our responsibility to watch her because that's taxpayer's dollars. And you right. nothing to be fooling around when it comes to our dollars.
2: Oh, absolutely. So let's just shift gears here to 2020, because, you know, I mean, we're a couple days from 2019 now, and you're going to have all these Democrats coming out of the woodwork, you know, announcing their intentions to challenge President Trump. Um, They're going to be beating each other up in the Democratic primaries. I mean, if you're looking at the list of candidates, like, what do you think about these people? I mean, like Beto O'Rourke. I mean, what's his deal? Beto, Beto, listen.
9: He don't have no deal because he couldn't even win Texas, and he spent millions and millions of dollars. But you got to understand the reason why you're seeing some of these people throw their hat in the ring. It's all about money. That's how that. much I can raise, and probably, allegedly, this is my own personal opinion. How much they can take mm-hmm. <laughs> because they know they don't even stand a chance at winning when they come uh, come up when they come up to President Donald Trump. I look at Beto or Beto, whatever his name is. He don't look presidential to me. He had all of this sweat on his shirt. He looked like a sweat person. the person that's just sweating. And no, we would never vote for him. When you see Beto, you better veto him and act like we done did a veto. Absolutely not. It's a no for Beto.
2: What what do you think about Cory Booker? Because people are saying he might be one of the guys. You know, he's right up there with Beta. I mean, what do you think of Uh,
9: him? um, No, Cory Booker, let me tell you something about Cory Booker. Mm -hmm. Didn't Cory Booker admit some things that he used to do to women? Mm -hmm. Now, they want to downplay it. You don't hear the Me Too movement. You don't hear hear the Time Up movement. You don't hear none of them talking about it. But Cory Booker is an absolute no. Uh Uh-uh, no, no. He's already made a mess up there in the Senate. That's no.
2: He's a no. Well, people don't realize, I mean, he left his, uh, when he was mayor of Newark, he left that place a dang disaster. I mean... So, so Harlem, if he left that a disaster, why would we want someone like that to be running
9: for president and be our president? Don't you know it's going to be a disaster up there at that White House if we allow him to get in? Just think about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. So it's an absolute, it's a no-go for him. No.
2: Yeah. And, I, I you know, we could go on and on, because they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be, like, coming out of the woodwork. They're going to be, like, 30 Democrats, and they're all going to be beating each other up. It's going to be real nasty. You're going to have yeah. Kamala Harris and, you know, a few other, Look, you know. I don't yeah. care if it's 50
9: Democrats and they call Hillary to make
2: 51. Yeah.
9: One by one. one, by my one. president go knock about one by one. And I see him being the president in 2020. And the reason why is because he's a man that don't waver. He cares about the American people. When I look at how he said, I'm going to secure the border, I want to secure the border. And he missed out on his holiday to stay up there, to fight for that. People respect that. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. But people respect that. Mm-hmm. Even the people that didn't be vote for him respect that. And they know we do need border security because it drives down wages. And the first people it affects is minorities. Mm-hmm. I see why. Listen, they want to know why Hispanics love this president, because most of them came in. They did it the right way. They got a line, and they waited their turn. And they are a. With the money that they pay, how they can allow the borders to stay open, illegal aliens to come, bum rush our borders, uh beat up on our throw rocks at our border patrol agents, thinking they can just walk back up in here, walk in our country, and take the American dream. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's to be obtained, but you have to get in line and wait your turn and do it the right way when you come into this country. We have laws and rules. It's time
10: to follow the law.
2: That's right. Y'all know why people love you so much? It's because. Y'all don't mince words, okay? And I know why it is. <laughs> y'all are y'all aren't from the Acela corridor. You're not. You don't live in DC. You don't live in New York. Y'all are y'all are still right down North Carolina, right?
9: North Carolina. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We listen. We pay attention, and mm-hmm. we call it out. And you cannot use these big words where people don't understand it. You got to call it out in lamest terms. Here's what it is, y'all, That's so right. people
2: can get what's going on. And guess what? People are
9: paying attention too.
2: Well, they and look the people in the mainstream media, and Look, they think we're stupid. Okay, they 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 think that as Trump voters, we don't know what we're talking about, and we proved them wrong in 2016 because we were right. Absolutely.
9: Absolutely. They think that we are crazy. They think that we are stupid. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you something. Americans do not benefit from people running. If we benefit from people just running across our borders with no border security, then why do you have doors up at your house? Mm -hmm. Take away the security alarms. Tell Obama to go knock down that wall he just built around his house. Tell Nancy Pelosi to get rid of her walls. Listen, we need border security. Mm -hmm. We cannot continue to risk our national security and leave the American people riding dirty, and then people getting killed,
10: Americans getting killed. And five million dollars should be a drop in a bucket if they can take our tax dollars and illegally fund sanctuary cities, and they can take our tax dollars and give President Donald Trump the funding he needs to fund the wall.
2: Absolutely. That's right. So I know y'all have this new show coming up on Fox Nation. Can you tell me a little bit about it? When does it premiere? What, you know, What's it going to okay, be like? Okay, it's
9: already out there. I think this is the... Uh, what fifth episode that's mm-hmm. going to be coming up on Tuesday, New Year's Day? So I want everybody—you can join Fox Nation, foxnation.com. They start you off at a free trial offer. It's like sixty some dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It's like the new Netflix for conservatives. So Diamond and Silk wow. have a show. It's a quick fix that we give you every week.
5: That's okay,
9: right. and it's funny, it's witty, and it's just telling our guys honest truth. You mm-hmm. can join at foxnation.com. We've been having a lot of fun doing it's it. It's been
10: so much fun, and don't forget about our chit chat tour. We're going to be kicking it off right there in Washington, D.C., at the Trump International Hotel on Saturday, February the 23rd, with our theme being called Flip, Flip the red, red, Keep It red. red. So go to ChitchatTour.com. That's ChitchatTour.com to get your tickets. Right.
2: Diamond and Silk, I love y'all. Y'all are fan favorites. Uh, for the listeners out there, I mean, I've been to their different, you know, Chitchat Tours and rallies and different events, movie premiere that they did. The, the crowd loves them. And so, if you can get out to something that they're doing, you're going to have a great time, I'm telling you. So, oh, yeah. I, I 100% endorse that. Anyway, it was really good seeing y'all, like I said, last week at the White House. And, and thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll catch up soon.
10: Thank you for, thank having, you for us. having us. And happy new year.
2: All right, everybody. We'll be back after this quick break. Stay tuned to the Buck Sexton Show. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Saxton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. You can follow me on Twitter, at Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N. Like I said earlier, the phone lines are open. We're going to be taking a ton of calls for the rest of the show. Give us a call at 844-900-2825. Also, just a reminder, make sure to go download the Buck Sexton podcast. Um, You can download it wherever you you have podcasts, uh, Apple, Google, and elsewhere, uh, even Spotify. So make sure you grab that. I know that we also have a caller, Charlie from Ocean City, Maryland. Charlie, how you doing?
5: Thanks for taking my call, Arlen. I wish the president does two things. Number one, shut down the border. That there's 2,000 trucks that cross our border every day. Make this shutdown hurt the Mexicans. And number two, get the military. I was a CB back in the 60s. I went to Nam several times. All we did was build. There's no problem. You have the Army Corps of Engineers. You've got the Marine Engineers. You've got the Air Force Engineers. You've got enough military people to build the wall. And it won't cost no $50 billion.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. Um, Now, listen, the president said today he's willing to shut down the border. He's going to do whatever he has to do to make this happen. I'll tell you why. Um, he knows that this is probably the biggest promise. Building the wall, securing the border is the biggest promise that he made coming out of 2016. If he's going to win in 2020, he's got to deliver on it. And for two years, didn't have the help of the Republicans. He's certainly not going to have the help of Democrats once Nancy Pelosi's running Congress. It's just not going to happen. Maybe we can get some you know, small funding here and there, but It's going to be an uphill climb, and it's going to be a tough couple of years getting the president's agenda executed if we have to depend on Congress. So moving to your second point, I agree. Let's use the full breadth and power, the resources, and the know-how of the American military to do this. And there's a very simple rationale for using the military to do it. This is an issue of national security, plain and simple. We don't know who's coming into this country. We don't know. It could be terrorists. could be other radicals. Um, and we know for a fact that we have murderers, habitual murderers. We know that we have drugs. We know that we have all kinds of criminals pouring across the border. We know that. That's a fact. You can't dispute it. I don't care what talking points Democrats want to trot trot out. It is a fact that, you know, we have a violent element among the people that are coming across our border illegally and we need to act now. And I think that the president's next step after the shutdown is resolved, and I suspect we're going to get some funding from Democrats and the shutdown will go as long as we need to. And, you know, you know, chunk change and we can, you know, build however many miles of of, uh, of wall with that $5 billion. And I think the president will eventually get that. I don't think he's going to acquiesce in the meantime. But that's not going to be enough. I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of border to secure. And so I have stand with you 100%. The president should use the military and whatever other resources he has available to fund this thing, to build this thing, period. We don't have a choice. So uh, Charlie, thank you for your thoughts. Uh, once again, everybody, I just want to remind you, go download the Buck Sexton podcast. I just did it the other day. You can search an Apple Podcast if you have an iPhone. It's just the Buck Sexton show. I've been listening to it every day at the gym. It gives me a lot of flexibility um, you know, to listen when, when I can. Uh, I also want to remind you that I want to hear from you guys because we're going to have a ton of time in the next hour to take your phone calls. So call us at 844 900 2825 I promise I'm going to take your call. Again, that's 844 844- 900 Buck. We'll be right back after this commercial. And we've got another great guest coming up, Ryan Gerdeski. So we'll be right back after this break. Thank you. Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. 2018 is almost over. We have a government shutdown. We're heading for a divided government as Democrats will assume control of the House. And Democrats are just starting to lay out their plans to challenge President Donald J. Trump in 2020 joining me to break down where this all goes in 2019 is conservative writer Ryan Gurdusky. hey Ryan I wanted hey, to
0: Evelyn.
2: great to great to have you I was watching CNBC for having me on. absolutely I was watching CNBC and they're really pushing this idea that this government shutdown and the president's focus on illegal immigration is hurting the economy I wanted to play a clip for you so you could hear it
11: The president is still taking the wrong lesson from the midterms. He believes the midterms validated everything that he was doing. And of course, it didn't. Um, if you look at the, the voting, independence went for the Democrats by 12 points. And what one Republican strategist said was that the president took the wrong lesson from the midterms mm. and that the number one issue is the economy. But the president made immigration the number one issue. He continues to make immigration the number one issue. The Democrats aren't going to cave on that. Maybe the Republicans in Congress will talk him into some type of compromise. But until the president moves off of the $5 billion for the wall, I don't see anything settling on the shutdown. In, in the next few
2: days. So let me just lay this out for the viewers. I mean, Ryan and I talk about policy and immigration constantly. And so I just know that he's going to have a lot to say about this, because this guy on CNBC, who's on all the time, is inferring that immigration just is not a top issue that motivates voters. And this harkens back, in my view, to a perception in 2016 that largely led to the the establishment being blindsided by the Trump revolution. Ryan, you want to weigh in on that?
0: Yeah, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that the twenty the eighteen election showed anything. It was actually that um, the Republicans' failure on health care motivated independence more than any other issue. That's what, if you look at like Kristen Cinema, who won, who was the first Democrat elected in thirty years in Arizona, uh, narrowly beating Martha McSally. Cinema ran to the to the right of McSally on immigration. She was constantly saying how we need troops on the border um and and many people who ran in and won in moderate suburban districts did not run on the open borders policy uh that is that is the that will be the main view of democrats in the in the primary in 2020 um they ran uh, they ran to the to the middle and and there was a study done i forget the institution that did it but i can certainly link to it on twitter later um that found that the the people who voted for Obama in 2012, Trump in 2016, and then Democrats again in 2018 immigration was their number one issue, and they were to the right of of, of a center on immigration. It's just that they're to the left of center on many, many other issues, mainly health care. And it's something, you know, you don't need to be preached about. But, you know, Republicans, me and you have said this over and over again, if Republicans do not figure out a way to bring down costs of health care, we're going to have socialized medicine in this country in the next 15, 20 years. And it's you know, that is the main motivating factor for Democrats. It's all health care. So um, that's the main issue. But it's, but Trump is 100 percent right to pursue a hard line view on immigration.
2: So, I mean, MSNBC was earlier pushing the, the idea that, you know, voters are blaming President Trump for the shutdown and that this is going to lead to a rout. You don't see the. I guess your point here is that you don't see people's views on immigration shifting materially at all as it relates to the shutdown or any that it's, it's going to remain constant. People don't like the ideas of, uh, you know, sanctuary cities. They don't like the idea of a police officer who is innocent and, you know, away from his family on Christmas being gunned down by an illegal immigrant. They don't like that. Like that's not popular public opinion, right? I mean, that's not going to yeah, change no, just I mean, because the president decides to stand up the Democrats.
0: Not only was he gunned down, but it's been, I think, I believe they caught the illegal alien, yeah. but um, not only was he gunned down, but, but, Nancy Pelosi, who comes from the same state that this police officer was gunned down on, a legal immigrant, by the way, who was gunned down by an illegal immigrant, um, he, Nancy Pelosi has not mentioned him. Chuck Schumer hasn't mentioned him. I went through every Democrat in leadership and major Democrat presidential candidate. Kamala Harris has not mentioned him. Cory Booker hasn't mentioned him. Bernie Sanders hasn't mentioned him. They all mentioned this eight year old boy who died in custody, uh, a border patrol, because he was dehydrated by human smugglers for weeks on end but they did not mention um this this brave police officer who was murdered and there was a viral video that went went around on christmas of a new york city police officer being attacked by three vagrants vagrants on the subway the main one who started the entire incident was an illegal alien with several detainers that um that that were ignored by by mayor de blasio no people care about safety and security they're compassionate but they're they care about safety and security they want the border border um, uh, protected and there 's fifteen thousand more Central Americans trying to come to our border and we 're being completely overwhelmed and and i just i, I one i don 't think that most Americans care about the shutdown and secondly um, those who those who really do are 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 very heavily partisan, but they do want this border controlled and, and there 's no other way about it and, and Trump is right to hold firm he 's going is certainly um, solidifying his base and people who who believe that our border needs to be secure.
2: Well, let's shift gears here to the Democratic primary for president in 2020. Um, just this week, we had the news break that California is actually going to move up their primary date to Super Tuesday. And in my view, I mean, this just is a seismic shift in how Democrats are going to view the map um, as they start allocating resources in the primary for, for, for 2020. Um, can you explain to people, you know, why this matters, why having a state like California and Texas on the same day in the Democratic primaries in, in, in 2019 will matter?
0: Right. So several things happened after the 2016 Democratic primary. One is to, um, to kind of help... Support Bernie Sanders supporters and get them back in the Democrat or attempt to bring them back in the, the Democratic fold, um, the Democrats did away with uh, a large chunk, I think about half or almost half of their super delegates. So the party will not have the same machinery as it did back in 2016 to help basically get Hillary Clinton over the line. Um, a lot of it will be uh, given to the voters, and the Democrats are are they give out delegates based upon proportion of the vote. So if you get fifteen percent of the vote, you get about fifteen percent of the delegates, and so on and so forth. Um, the thing is, is that it was always these small and mid sized states that decided, and they would ramp up to big states like New York and California and Texas by having California and te- by having sorry California and Texas right on Super Tuesday being that 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 will be the the fifth election there'll be iowa new hampshire nevada south carolina and then super tuesday what happens is you could have a candidate like a bernie or beto or um or or uh biden win sweep three of those four states um iowa new hampshire and nevada south carolina will probably be going to a a black candidate whoever runs because it is a majority uh, majority of democrats in the state are black but um but you could have them win three of those four, and then California comes up, I and mean, if Kamala Harris sweeps California and Beto sweeps Texas uh, or gets 50% or, or something close to that, then all those early states don't matter. And you go into um, a, an increasing likelihood of a brokered convention, um, and if you think that 2016 was ugly between Bernie Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, it will it will be all-out war. If it is a Biden-Beto ticket versus a Kamala-Cory Booker ticket, um, where you have a very likelihood, good likelihood of chance of splitting establishing Democrats versus non-established Democrats, progressives versus moderates, Um, young versus old, white versus minority, it could be very, very, men versus women. You could be a very ugly, contentious situation where two or maybe even three are very close to the presidency and are not even on the ticket because most people have the vice presidential candidate already on the ticket um, by the time the convention comes around. So it can be a very, very, very serious problem for Democrats. And, you know, you're going to have a very strong likelihood of having 20, 30 candidates in the field. And yeah. many of them will have at least a delegate.
2: Now, do you think the Democrats have any ability to arrest control of the situation? Because I think you're right. I mean, it seems like it's... It's possible we do have a brokered convention, and as we saw, I mean, we didn't have a brokered convention in twenty sixteen, but there was still the perception that Bernie was slighted because of the party rules, because of the establishment working against him. And I think that actually really did have some longer term effects on Hillary Clinton. You know, and in, in, in such a tight general election, who knows? May have actually decided the election. Um, no, I, I I believe that a hundred. I believe it that's did that's too. True. Okay, but yeah, so true. so so do the can the Democrats do anything at this point? to pull together and unite the party so that they can avoid this? Or do you just think that they're so fragmented at this point, that's just it's just not gonna happen?
0: Well Bernie is Bernie is a big problem for the Democrats. One, he is not a registered Democrat, which irks a lot of establishing Democrats. Secondly, he is very old. Um, that worries a lot of establishing Democrats. But also the fact of the matter is is that his supporters There are a large number of his supporters who do feel like the election was stolen from him, that he would have beaten Trump and that um, this presidency is entirely due to the establishment parties. And they're still angry about 2016 and they're not going to sit there and support um, any other candidate besides Bernie. And if they feel that this is happening again to them. They're going to be absolutely furious. Um, uh, Bernie has already. Bernie's supporters have already started a war against Beto people who are being um, who's being built up by uh, by the Hillary Clinton camp. Uh, Beto is on that Pod Save America, and, and which is run by all former Hillary Clinton staffers, um, and is already being pursued by Joe Biden as a possible VP candidate. You know, so it'll be a four white men running for president and vice president if, if Trump continues with pence um but anyway yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of tension and anger right now and if bernie sanders runs i don't see any way around that uh you know unless he completely fans out and 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 People just kind of—he's not as exciting as, as as he was in 2016. But there's a—he also never surrendered surrendered his list to the DNC after the after the election. So he has this fundraising base, which is millions upon millions of people. He has uh, millions and millions of supporter supporters. He's going to be very high up in the polls in New Hampshire and in Iowa. And that being said, though, in in a recent poll of Democratic candidates, he is the most—he uh, is one of the most liked. And one of the most disliked. So it's right. going to be very, very difficult for, um, for them to, to grapple with Bernie. And there's a very strong chance he will run. And if he runs, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a bloody, bloody, bloody uh, primary for, for Democrats where there's be a lot of mid, uh, mudslinging. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all, depending on who was the nominee, where you'll have a large segment of the Democratic Party, again, throwing their hands up in the air and saying, you know, this party isn't worth it for me. And, you know, I'll be an independent or I'll be green or I'll do something else. But the Democratic Party is just too corrupt.
2: Well, Ryan, I want to thank you for your time. I mean, this analysis has been extremely helpful. Uh, where can people find you?
0: Um, on, my website is com. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanGerdusky and Facebook at RyanGerdusky.
2: Awesome. All right, I'll see you soon, Ryan. Uh, everybody, you, will be right back. Stay tuned to the Buck Sexton Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Freedom Hut. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill, and I'm filling in for Buck. It's actually Buck's birthday. I don't know if any of you guys know that, but it's uh, you know so happy birthday to Buck. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, pretty simple. It's just at Harlan H-A-R-L-A-N. The phone lines are open, so you can give us a call at eight four four. That's 844-900-BUCK. I promise we will take your calls. Uh, And one more reminder, by the way, because I've started doing this here recently. I have started listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Uh, It's the easiest way, because I can listen to it on my own schedule. um, And, uh, you know, Buck provides some of the best insight of anyone that I know. And I've known Buck for a long time. We've gotten to be really good friends over the last, uh, you know, a year or so. And uh, this guy's got more experience than just about anybody that I've ever worked with um, in television, and, uh, and, and he's just a good, solid guy. I wanted to uh, take a moment, and this is a little bit of personal privilege, um, to say something about a friend of mine, somebody that you guys have probably seen on Fox News. Um, her name's Bree Payton, and Bree uh, is on Fox News almost every day. She's 26 years old, and um, she was a writer at The Federalist. And Bree, unfortunately, uh, passed away today. Um, She was a rising star in the conservative movement. She was widely considered to be somebody that um, had an incredibly bright future ahead of her. And she actually passed away from the H1N1 virus, swine flu. She passed away from the flu. Uh, you don't hear about this very often. 26 years old, healthy as can be. I saw her just last week at Fox. And uh, she was um, visiting with some people out in San Diego, California, and a friend found her unconscious and barely breathing yesterday. And she was rushed to the ICU and sedated. And everybody that I know in conservative media, um, including Buck, um, you know, are are, saying a a prayer for her and her family tonight um, because you just, you don't hear of that very often. And, you know, it sort of underlines in in, in my head how important it is to to take these things seriously, no matter how healthy or young um, you are. We've had a really good show so far. We still have another hour ahead of us. Um, And in that time, we're going to have Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch, Um, He has some incredible insight on um, the prospects of Democrats uh, trying to impeach the president in uh, 2019, uh, in advance of 2020. Um, Tom and Judicial Watch are arguably the preeminent organization that um, focuses on legal issues um, on the conservative side. Um, You know, they led the charge in terms of uh, chasing down Hillary Clinton for her uh, misuse of her private email server. They chased her down on um, the issues with Benghazi. They do absolute incredible work. And so I think you guys are really going to enjoy my conversation that I have, uh, I'm gonna have with, with Tom here in uh, you know, another uh, five or six minutes, uh, incredibly bright. And he has the President's ear. And so uh, one thing that we've tried to do tonight is to provide as many voices as we could possibly find on, uh, you know, uh, a holiday weekend, and you guys have had some great ones, you know, from Dr. Sebastian Gorka to Diamond and Silk to Stephanie Hamill uh, over at the caller, and, um, and uh, we, we've got some great ones ahead of us. Um, I am incredibly um, proud of what we've accomplished in such a short period of time with President Donald J. Trump, and I can tell that many of you are, too. I mean, we've had some great conversations with, with, with callers. And I want to hear from y'all exactly uh, what's on your mind, you know, between the shutdown, the incoming uh, Democratic Congress, the overreach of Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, some of the most unstable, dangerous characters, people like Maxine Waters rising to prominence in the Democratic Party. Let's talk about it. So the phone lines are open. Give us a call at 844-900-2825. Welcome back. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. The phone lines are open, so give us a call at 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. If you listen to the mainstream media, we're on the verge of an impeachment showdown in 2019. Just turn on MSNBC or CNN. It's all you hear, wall to wall, for the last two years, basically. In fact, the New York Times just put out an op-ed that said that it's, quote, all but guaranteed that President Donald Trump will be impeached after the Democrats take control of the House of Representatives, uh, unless he takes a cue from President Richard Nixon and leaves on his own. I think that's wishful thinking by the New York Times. Joining me to discuss this is the president of Judicial Watch and frequent Fox News guest, Tom Fitton. Tom, thanks for joining me.
5: Oh, good to be with you. Thank you for having
2: me. Absolutely. So, Tom, is this just more crying wolf by the Democrats, or do you think that there's a legitimate possibility that leadership in in this new Democratic House um, moves to impeach the president? I think they're
5: going to talk about impeaching the president. They may begin impeachment inquiries, which is one way of uh, having their cake and eating it too, where uh, they're talking about the possibility of impeaching him and having hearings associated with that and uh, satisfying their hardcore activists who want impeachment uh, while actually just keeping the government operating without too much uh, uh, craziness in terms of a full-blown impeachment effort.
2: Yeah. So I mean, what is it going to take for us to finally get some evidence... Of any wrongdoing by the president. I mean, this started, this whole process of trying to undermine the, uh, the, the Donald Trump administration started before he was even elected. They were right. trying to plant seeds of doubt about Russian collusion in the event that he, he won. And he won, and that's what they've done. So at what point, three years into this nonsense, are we finally going to get something? I mean, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the American people to finally throw their hands up in the air and just say, this is, this is nothing.
5: Well, I don't think it's going to stop until he leaves office, uh, Really? whether it's one term or two. I I just see this as uh, uh, the—remember, you know, George Bush's win in Florida, how controversial that was for the left. They never gave up on it eight years later. And uh, the Russia thing is much more sensitive for them, uh, even though uh, it was the Clinton Democratic Party that generated the false allegations about Russia collusion yeah but uh that doesn't matter because they don't have a media holding into account here, so you know the normal checks in a in our in our system aren't working in terms of stamping down this outrageous conspiracy theory
3: and, that's ex- uh, that's... you know
5: the question is are the democrat, is the democratic political leadership going to go you know uh full movie moonbe- full moonbeam on it I don't know mm-hmm.
2: is this the new normal then i mean you know looking out i mean eventually we will have a new we'll we'll have a democrat in the white House at some point in the future um you know, is this the new norm? I mean, do you think that we will reciprocate with these kinds of investigations to work to undermine uh, a Democratic administration on the right? Or do you think that this is a phenomenon that's unique to the radicalism that we're seeing metastasize within the Democratic Party?
5: Well, uh, we couldn't get a legitimate investigation based on serious criminal allegations <laughs> um, against Hillary Clinton. Touche. I mean, yes. What, uh, there's no way. <laughs> You know the Republicans or conservatives are going to come up with a fake investigation or fake allegations and demand a criminal investigations. just yeah you know. so to a degree, the new normal is the trump slash Kavanaugh approach to politics by the left. Yes, I just don't see any echoes of it on the right.
2: well, can you help me understand? I mean you bring up a really interesting point What's the deficiency here like why Why can't we get a proper investigation into Hillary Clinton. I mean, she she and her staff destroyed evidence that was under subpoena, material to a federal investigation, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. They got away. If I had done that, I mean, I'd be under the jailhouse right now. I mean, so what's the disconnect here, Tom? Why are we, I mean, this is asymmetrical.
5: Well, during the Obama administration, one day someone serious will write a history of it, the politicization of the government metastasized. Especially in the Justice Department and the FBI, so there was never any chance in retrospect of the uh, radicalized Justice department in terms of politics uh seriously investigating and prosecuting Hillary Clinton. It just wasn't going to happen I, I you know I was naive I thought the right thing might happen uh, but in retrospect i didn't even i even i didn't understand the scope and breadth of the corruption at the top levels of the Justice Department and FBI at the time and um Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's going to be difficult to undo because the current leadership still doesn't have a full understanding of just how uh, political their agencies are.
2: Absolutely. And before we go here, I just got to ask, do you think that there's any risk of Republicans breaking with the Republican caucus and, you know, uh, working with Democrats to impeach the president? Do you think there's any risk of that?
5: Oh, there's always going to be some Republicans showing a little leg in that regard. And my guess is that there are some uh, Republicans secretly and not too secretly like to see the president removed from office. Uh, But I don't think it will be a substantial number that will give uh, much uh, cred to the uh, left wing impeachment abuses if they proceed.
2: Got it. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Your commentary analysis. I I love it um, on Fox every time I see you. So I really appreciate your help tonight. Where can we find find more of your content?
5: I go to judicialwatch.org and I've got a great Twitter feed at Tom Fitton and of course at Judicial
2: Watch. Great. Thank you so much. Everyone, you're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck and the phone lines are open. So give us a call at 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Harlan Hill. I'm filling in for Buck. Uh, This is the Buck Sexton Show. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Harlan and uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all that other stuff too. But Twitter is the, uh, is the easiest for us in the media industry. You can, you can follow me there. It's just H-A-R-L-A-N. And uh, if you have any questions, tweet them at us. And uh, I'll take a look periodically. And, and uh, we'll see if we can answer them on air. If you'd rather talk to us, we're going to be taking a lot of calls this hour. So the phone lines are going to be open. You can give us a call right now, 844-900-2825. That's 844 844- Nine hundred buck, and I will uh, I'll make sure that we get you guys on the air. Also, um, just a reminder: go download the Buck Sexton podcast. Uh, this is something that I have, uh, you know, made a regular part of my routine. There's no reason not to do it. If you have an iPhone, download the Apple Podcast app, or you already have it. Um, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, all that. It's uh, it's it's great. It's actually indispensable. Um, I'll talk to you real quick about actually how I met Buck. Um, Buck and I, back in, when I first got started in television, Buck was actually a contributor at CNN. He was like one of the few woke conservatives that were there that had, you know, brought the perspective that their viewers just don't get, you know. Um, and I always respected him for going into the lion's den, for going into the arena, and not backing down. It takes some courage to do that. And I'll tell you guys. I mean, I, I've done plenty of CNN in the past. Too. I don't do it anymore. I'm, I'm exclusively doing Fox News now. But um, I used to do a lot of CNN, particularly back in 2016. And they play all kinds of games, you know. Um, everybody knows about the bias that they have. Everybody knows that, you know, um, they have... Uh, You know, they hyper-focus on every little fault that they can come up with, whether it's true or not about the president. Sometimes they just blatantly make stuff up. But one of the things that they do that you guys just don't see on screen, it's behind the scenes, one of the things that they do is, for one, this is actually something that you do see. They will stack the panels against Trump voices. This isn't something that they used to do, you know, with traditional Republicans, but they view the Trump presidency and the MAGA movement as an existential threat to their preeminence, right I mean the media for a long time, had a stranglehold on what Americans thought, and with social media, with the president leveraging social media in a way that no president, including Barack Obama, had ever done, um, to mobilize his message and to get out stories that just were being underreported, including you know the stories of angel moms, which you know is particularly relevant um, in the light of the story that we opened the show up with about the police officer that was brutally murdered um, out in California. But getting back to CNN, one thing that they do is uh, obviously they sack the panels. They'll have the host who's almost certainly liberal. They're very, almost no conservatives at CNN that are hosting shows. But one of the things that they do is they'll have the host who's a liberal and then they'll have, you know, two to four Democrats. Then they love to throw a never Trump Republican in the mix. Uh, somebody like Anna Navarro, or, you know, it's a long list of people like that that are never Trumpers and, uh, you know, don't reflect any major constituency in the Republican Party. I mean, how many never Trumpers are there left among voters? There are barely any. The president's intra party approval rating is to the roof. So the fact that they give equal voice to never Trump Republicans as they give to pro Trump Republicans is so dishonest to their viewers. I mean, that just doesn't reflect the modern Republican Party, it doesn't reflect America. It's a total fabrication. And um, so, you know, so they, 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 to recap, they stack it with a, uh, a host that is very anti-Trump. And they will uh, have all these uh, Democrats, have a never-Trumper, and then they'll give us one pro-Trump Republican. And everybody, everybody on the panel shouts down the, uh, the Republican, the pro-Trump Republican, they don't give us a time to respond to like personal attacks. And so they drown you out. So, but then they can say, you know, oh, we're giving, we're giving the Trump voices a chance. Nah, they don't do that. The other thing that they do is that um, they will change your topics last minute. And that's normal in news. You know, This is a fast-moving news cycle. And, uh, but all everybody else on the panel, everybody else that you see on TV knows what the new topic is. This is a trick they play and they will not tell us so that we're totally blindsided and unprepared and puts us at a tremendous disadvantage. Now, I, I told you guys earlier, I'm a former Democrat. I used to be a Democrat. I used to go on Fox News as a Democrat back in the day. I'm now very much a Republican. Uh, I was always a conservative Democrat, by the way, so give me, you know, don't hate me too much for that. Um, I've seen the light. Um, and I can remember going on Fox News back in the day as a Democrat. And I was never treated the way that CNN treats pro-Trump Republicans. They didn't play any games like this. They didn't drown out our voices. It was always a fair match. I can remember going on the O'Reilly Factor. Okay? O'Reilly Factor, biggest show on cable news at the time. Huge. Had enormous, enormous social impact. A lot of people saw it. And at worst, it would be the hosts. You know, Bill would be there. And then you'd have... Uh, Republican voice, and then the Democrat would would have a fair shot, you know? They're not getting drowned out. So Fox really does, to this day, give Democrats a fair shake. They're able to be defeated by Republican ideas on their own merit. And it says everything about CNN that they're afraid to give um, the ideas of the Republican Party um, a fair shot. So, coming up now, we have a caller from South Carolina. Um, yeah, what question do you have?
12: Hey, what's up, Farland? Um, I was wondering what to take of the partial shutdown.
2: Oh well, for one, um, I'll be honest with you. I think that it was the best move the president could have made. The president made a his his most important core tenet coming out of 2016 was the promise to build the wall, to secure the border, to stop illegal immigration. And he didn't have a choice at this point. After two years of Congress, led by Republicans, not putting material funding on his desk to sign, to, uh, to build and secure the border, um, he had to put his foot down now. And he, I don't think he's going to pay much of a political price. I don't think that most Americans out there, outside of the Acela Corridor, uh, outside of D.C., New York, L.A., I don't think anybody really cares that the government is shut down, partially shut down. They don't care. So this was the time for the president to take a stand. And I think that he should ride this thing out as long as he has to. He should ride this thing out until he gets exactly what he wants. And you know what? I'll wager that the Democrats come to the table because, you know, I, I said earlier in, in my... Um, conversation with Dr. Gorka. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Democrats were down with the idea of securing the border. Back in 2013, all 54 Democrats that were in the Senate at the time, every single one, every single one of the Democrats in the Senate voted for the Border Security, Economic Opportunity, and Immigration Modernization Act. In that, it's a big long name, in that included $46 billion for border security improvements, and it added over 700 miles of border fencing. The president's asking for $5 billion. You're telling me that many of the same Democrats that are still in the Senate and in the House can't come to the table for immediately measly $5 billion when they, were on, they, they came to the table for $46 billion back in 2013? And that includes okay. the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, Chuck Schumer. He voted for this. But now, supposedly, walls are racist? Are you kidding me? I mean, what do you think about the shutdown, man?
12: Well, I think it just exposes the left is they're a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. And they if they are they preached saying, Oh, we're gonna build the fence where you know, Obama preached, you know, um, the mass deportation. They they're they're all that, right now, the only thing they're trying to do is just undermine Trump right now. That's all the left is doing any anymore. It's just to stop Trump. They hate Trump so much that they don't want him to succeed. They don't want to see a wall built. I don't understand why. What? Well, I, I don't understand why they want people crossing our borders illegally.
2: And I'm assuming you saw this, this cop that was just brutally murdered, you know. Oh, dude.
12: Um, I was disgusted by that that, that scumbag yeah. of any man. All right, I get it. If you come to our country, you need help. I want to give you help. But when you come into our country and you decide to kill a peace officer, that takes it to the next step. That's when we should actually start opening our eyes and look that we need security on our wall. We need a security on our border. It's been going on long enough. Every year, people are getting killed by these illegal immigrants who are crossing our border illegally, who shouldn't be here in the first place. And this all could be prevented if we had border security, well, border security with the wall.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. I mean, I I couldn't agree more with with all of that. I mean, now's the time. We've sat around, we've waited, we have kicked the can down the road for way too long. It's not just the last two years. During the Bush administration, we didn't do enough either. As the Republican Party. You know, Barack Obama and the Democrats over the last eight years certainly didn't do what was needed to secure the border. They didn't really care. This has been a problem decades in the making. Decades in the making. And enough's enough. We either solve this problem now, or I'm telling you what, I don't think we're ever going to solve it. And this country may be beyond repair because the amount of crime and the drugs that continue to pour across the border are totally unacceptable. No one has an issue with a degree of legal immigration. But we need immigration in moderation. And it's totally unacceptable that we don't know, we don't know who's coming to this country. That's a travesty. And it's only a matter of time before it costs more American lives. Anyway, call in 844-900-2825. We've got one more interview coming up, and then I'm going to be taking all your calls uh, on the other side of this uh, this break. So make sure you call in. Welcome back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. The mainstream media seem to be pushing endlessly, almost rooting for an economic downturn. They report with bated breath the recent correction that we've seen in the stock market and lay all the blame at the feet of President Donald J. Trump. Let's play this clip from CNBC, and I think you'll see what I mean.
13: It's interesting that you say that he's digging into this issue on immigration, which he very much is when it comes to the budget issue of the day. But he certainly is very impacted, very sensitive, if you will, to U.S. economic performance. We know he constantly looks at what's happening in the U.S. stock markets as an indicator of his popularity in many ways. So given what we've seen in markets, do you think this will be an impetus for change when it comes to President Trump digging in his heels, not just on the border wall, but on things like China. Well, the question
11: is, what is going to to be uh, the the lessons that he takes from everything? I think 2019 is gonna make 2018 look tame by comparison. I mean, US expats are like the canaries in the coal mine for US businesses. I mean, we sense things coming first. I've never seen such nervousness in the US business community as I see now. It comes with US-China standoff. It comes with all the politics in Washington. It comes with the world moving forward without us, like Mm EU-Japan and the CPTPP. Uh, So there's just so much nervousness now. It's very hard to pick what's going to make the markets better.
2: Joining me now is markets expert and frequent Fox guest, Catherine Rooney-Vera. Catherine is a professor at the University of Miami and head of global research and chief investment strategist at Baltic Capital Markets. Catherine, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Colin. So, you know, just listening to that last clip there, you know, uh, this is a message that I'm hearing crammed down our throats on CNBC and elsewhere, across all the liberal networks, that... Uh, you know, we're headed for a recession in 2019. Yeah. I think it's almost yeah. wishful thinking. Is there anything to this?
13: Harlan, I couldn't agree with you more. It's almost breathless anticipation of a recession, hoping that it actually happens. I hear it everywhere, and as an economist, and as you mentioned, a market strategist, it's, it's just hard to justify. I, I often, I say to my clients, Harlan, I often say, I'd like to meet the economist, who's calling for recession, who's a credible economist, and talk with him or her and say, what are you looking at? Because what I'm looking at doesn't show me any signs of recession. What I am afraid of is that with all of this incessant talk about recession, because the market has corrected, one thing does not induce the other. A a 10, 15, 20% correction in in the stock market does not mean imminent recession. Um, what I'd like to t- see. Is, where, what are you looking at? What is going on here? So, I, I mean, look. I would say that that the China the China issue is is an interesting one. I think um, that President Trump is actually tackling it in the in the in the exactly proper fashion. I think we're actually going to get some type of resolution in the short term in the form of a uh, of a deal. And I think the markets are going to be off to the races. So I'm actually very positive on the markets and actively uh, recommending long
2: positions to my institutional clients. Is, is that the vibe that you're getting out there? I mean, outside of the media, I mean, uh, your peers, are they thinking that 2019 should be fairly solid?
13: A lot of... But most people think there's going to be a deceleration. I would agree with that. But when we're talking about a deceleration, Harlan, from 3% to 2.7, 2.8%, I mean, it's really not a big deceleration. So I think that there's too much emphasis on the deceleration and the negative aspects of everything rather than on the, what has been the motors and impetus for growth, which are twofold. One is tax reform, unequivocally, and two is deregulation. I mean, We have 3% growth. I remember at the beginning of the year, Harlan, people would say to me, 3% growth is impossible. Yep. 3% growth is impossible. Now we have quarterly, seasonally adjusted, annualized figures above 4%. And for the year, we're going to get 3%. Remember, one thing is important to know here for the audience is that potential growth for the United States of America is 2.2%. Um, so if you're growing at 2.6%, 2.8% after a 3% year, that's very strong. That's very strong. So the the worst possible scenario that I can think of and what keeps me up at night is the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you get the mainstream media and and really every media outlet Talking about deceleration across the globe in the United States, uh, possibility of recession, then I fear you would eventually see possibly consumer confidence dipping, which would, could mean you know, people putting brakes on investment or spending, and that could filter into real economic data. Um, so that's where I would be concerned from a self-fulfilling prophecy perspective. But the fact is, is that if you look at total investment, or if you look at consumption or you look at exports, the economy is growing very strongly on multiple cylinders.
2: Absolutely. And so, I mean, you identify China. I mean, what, what are the biggest risks we're, we're facing if you're playing devil's advocate here?
13: Yeah, I don't think it's China. I really don't. I mean, we've had decades of we we've been complaining about intellectual property theft for decades since Bill Clinton. So let's try something new here. I mean, I'm not afraid. I think I think it's a a, a great way to go. We have the deal with NAFTA, um, which is the USMCA. I think that sets good precedent for what we should expect 100%. out of the rounds with China. Um, and and I think the incentives are aligned. Not only that, think about this, Harlan. You have some concessions from the Chinese, namely um, a, a relaxing of of the rules against joint ventures, a, a drastic cut in the in the tax put on U.S. car imports in China, um, a, a, a reopening of imports for LNG and soy products. So I think that's laying the groundwork for some sort of um, you know, uh, trade deal. Um, so what I'd be concerned about would be the self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm concerned about corporate leverage. Um, but apart from that, I, I wouldn't say that we are, uh, like, like Jen Allen said, I mean, uh, economic expansions do not die of old age. So just because we've been growing before 2016 at a mediocre average rate of 1.8%, doesn't mean that 2019 or even 2020, uh, mean recession is coming.
2: And what do you think about uh, interest rates? Because obviously the president's gotten a lot of flack. You know, He's taken on yeah. the Federal Reserve, saying that they're not making the right yeah. calls. And I think that there's a perception right. out there in the Trump movement that that the Federal Reserve is playing politics and that they're trying yeah. to put a stranglehold on this economy in, uh, in advance of the 2020 election. What, what do you yeah,
13: think? Yeah, I though? don't think that's accurate. I don't no. think that's okay. accurate, Harlan. But I, I, I one thing, I think that the, the Fed has reached its dual mandate, that the dual mandate is, of course... Um, full employment, and inflation of 2%. Inflation has been below 2%. We're talking core PCE for many years, and we've seen the past few data past few months of data um, in deceleration. So I would definitely not agree that that Jerome Powell or, or the Fed is is acting on political impulse. It's It really is focused on a dual mandate. I do suspect that we're not going to get more than one rate hike, if that, over the course of the next 12 months. If the Fed does hike three or four times, that could precipitate the next recession. I mean, historically, if you look at the economic cycle, there's peaks and troughs, right? You go to the peak and then you start to decelerate and then you go into recession. It's a it's Going to happen. These are economic cycles. That's part of the economy. That happens historically. What brings about that that inflection point is an overly ambitious Fed, a Fed that moves too quickly or too aggressively. So I agree that is a risk, but I, I would I would suspect that given the combination both of full employment and um, an inflation that's ticking up to that two percent target. Remember the target's two percent. Um, uh, that the Fed is, doesn't have to move more aggressively than, than one hike over the next 12 months, if that.
2: Well, I've got to ask you, so in, in politics, you know, you watch TV, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and one of my biggest pet peeves is that there's no accountability when these pundits on television, and I'm one of them, right? I'm a pundit on television. You you go on TV, yeah. too. <laughs> when, when, You're great. When, when pundits, well, you are, too, thank you. When pundits go on television and they prognosticate and then they tend... They turn out to be totally wrong. I mean <laughs> basically ninety percent of the people that are on T V in advance of the twenty sixteen election were absolutely, totally right. wrong in predicting the outcome of the election. Now, there's no accountability in politics. Is there any accountability in terms of economics and people that are prognosticating on the on the on the long term outlook of the economy? I, I...
13: I wish there was, Harlan, because really, I mean, the consensus was that 3% growth, that was impossible. I remember guys saying that, uh, as the outlets you mentioned, impossible. Tax reform, I recall this, was never going to happen. The consensus was tax reform was not going to happen. NAFTA was going to be canned. We would leave the WTO. Trump is an isolationist. None of that happened. We got 3% growth. Tax reform became an all-star major economic growth motor, right? Tax reform has been phenomenal. Um, consumer and business confidence is at highs that we haven't seen in decades. Does that get covered? I don't see it, right? I don't see it. In fact, when I go on the news and I say, look, the market is selling off for fear. This is a sentiment-driven sell-off. There is no fundamental motor for this collapse in confidence in the market. Look at corporate earnings expansion, Harlan. It is up 25% year over year. That's not just... Dividend buybacks—that's not stock, uh, stock buybacks or paying out dividends. That is corporations investing in themselves, using the capex incentive. That's part of the tax reform. And I look at tax reform, and people even say to me, "I get this question quite a bit it, from clients and from from the media as well." Well, that's a one and done. Tax reform is a 2018 story. It's not going to happen. In, it's not going to help in 2019. Economics tells you something different. There's something called a virtuous cycle, and the virtuous cycle, what what has what happens? You cut, you cut people's taxes, they feel richer, they invest and they they spend more, they remodel their house or they buy that car or they go on that vacation. Um, then corporations see that demand or foresee that demand, build up inventories. Inventories goes directly into the calculation of U.S. GDP bottom line. Mm -hmm. GDP does better. Confidence continues to go higher and people continue to spend and invest. So the virtuous cycle continues. And I expect that to continue to be the case over the course of the next several years. So with the exception of any possible, you know, black swan or, um, or other collapse in sentiment, I would expect this economic expansion to continue thanks to both smaller government, less taxes and less regulation.
2: That was so great and insightful. You don't hear this many places. And, uh, you know, Larry Kudlow, I love that guy. I think that he gives great economic analysis and you might just give him a run for his money. So (laughs) Catherine, thanks (laughs) again for, he's a great guy. (laughs) Thanks Thanks again for, for joining me today. Uh, where can people find you?
13: Oh yeah, sure. You can, um, well, I'm on Twitter, uh, K Rooney Vera, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) Great. So you can certainly find me in all of those places. K Rooney Vera. Thank you very much, Harlan. and, And thank you for the invitation.
2: Absolutely. Stay tuned to the Buck Sexton Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Freedom Hut. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Harlan Hill filling in for Buck. We've had a great show between Dr. Sebastian Gorica, Stephanie Hamill, uh, Diamond and Silk. I mean, it's, it's been a great show so far, and I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle's at Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram too, so catch up with me there. The phone lines are open. We're going to be taking another call or two here before the end of the show. Uh, the phone number is 844-900-2825. And just a reminder before we go, make sure to download the Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's available wherever you, uh, you listen to your podcasts. And I found it indispensable, personally. So uh, first up here, we're going to go to George in South Carolina. George, what's on your mind? Yes, I'm on, online. Can yeah, you what, hear me? What's on, what, yeah, what's on your mind? Oh, what's on my mind? Well, I was just thinking that
5: Trump wants to build a wall, and all the Democrats are opposed to the wall. But it seems in the past they said they would take a fence, and uh, I think uh, I think Trump should recouch his uh, what he wants and call it a fence. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, potato, patata, tomato, tomato. His fence can be built. Uh, identically, according to the specifications of what is now called a wall, and just call it a fence. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, a lot of the. I, I just think it's the way you, uh, you know, brand it is, and and call it a fence and build your wall.
2: Well, I, a lot of um, a lot of conservatives were resist, resistant to the idea of calling it a fence, and I think it's because you know, they were used to the fences that Barack Obama and Democrats were building uh, previously. They were easily punctured by illegals. They could just cut right through the steel and, and come through. But I, I mean, the president wants to build something, you know, more substantial. And so if we just change the, the nomenclature, if we just change how we describe this, that's fine with me. Once we've got the funds, he can do whatever he wants to do to build this. So I I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the basic... The only thing that matters is, do we get the funds? I mean, once the funds are, are, are there and they're allocated by Congress, and we're not asking for very much. I mean, I beat this home tonight. I mean, all these Democrats back in 2013 voted for way more funding than the president's asking for. They, they voted for $46 billion in, in uh, funding for, for border fencing. $46 billion. The president's asking for a, a relatively small amount, $5 billion. And so this idea that Democrats are resistant to the idea of uh, a border wall and border security, it's just it's just convenient. They 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 don't really mean it, and so that's the only thing that I might push back on is that you know they may not be sincere and that they're against the idea of a wall um, and would accept the fence. I, I think the president you know could move the goalpost twenty yards um, you know and and they still you know w- would take an issue with it. Um,
5: well, you could build your fence out of concrete.
2: Well, that's what You're I think. A- yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and and the other idea that we got previously was the idea of bringing the Army Corps of Engineers down and just reallocating funds, calling this an issue of national security, and the president just decides to do it unilaterally. And if that's a concrete wall, the Army Corps of Engineers has been building canals and digging canals and uh, building, uh, you know, uh, in in a variety of contexts for a long time. I mean, they are more than capable of building something that would, uh, uh, you know, appease our concerns about national security. So, um, you know, if we change the name, I'm 100% down with that. and I think that Republicans and conservatives should just be smart and realize that it doesn't matter that we're calling it a fence. Once the president has the funds, he's going to do what he wants. And then on the other hand, you know, if we don't get that, I think the president should say, you know, we're going to reallocate funds from uh, the defense budget. And what the president's done that is so smart is he's already dramatically increased the size of uh, military spending over the last uh, two years. And so there should be funds there that we can find. Anyway, I, uh, I have enjoyed uh, our time tonight. Everybody, thank you so much to Buck Sexton for lending me his microphone. We had some great guests. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I know this is a holiday weekend, and so thanks for, for bearing with us. Um, once again, it's Buck's birthday, so go on Twitter and tweet at him. Uh, happy birthday. I know that uh, he reads everything that you guys send to him. He loves uh, everybody that loves the Freedom Hut. So make sure you go on and wish him a, a happy birthday. Um, I will be with you guys again soon, I'm sure. I I come on as often as I can as a guest of Buck's and uh, hope to to join you all again um, in the host chair uh, next time Buck needs me to. Everybody have a great uh, new year and we'll see you guys on the other side.